Welcome to Station to Station, episode number five. The Mets continue to stay hot while out on the West Coast. The Yankees begin to plummet down to the bottom of the AL East. Is it time to panic yet? All that and more coming up next on Station to Station. This station is Station to Station. Everybody, once again, as always, I'm John Persapio, joined along as always with Brian Sarnelli and our producer Pat, always on the board. Brian, how are you today? You know, I'm doing well. You know, uh, the Mets had the horrors of going out west, John. And whenever the Mets have to go out to the west coast, it usually doesn't bode well for my Metropolitans. But, you know, coming home from a west coast trip, being seven and three on a 10 game trip, you know, the the vibes in flushing are a little odd. You got a lot of injuries, got a lot to talk about. But overall, when you go seven and three on the road out in the West Coast, you feel good coming home against the Nationals. And honestly, I it should have been eight two. I wanted him to get to eight two. You know, they ended up dropping those two end um, games there against San Francisco. Uh, what can you do? Seven and three is not bad, though. But John. I think you and I are both probably feeling really, really good because obviously you're a Yankee fan. I'm a Mets fan. We always will have that little, you know, rivalry between us here, but we do share a team together. It finally happens. The New York Jets acquire Aaron Rodgers. Our quarterback for the 2023-2024 NFL season is going to be Aaron Rodgers. J-E-T-S. Let's go. We got a quarterback. Best quarterback in New York. The best number eight in New York, Aaron Rodgers. All of New York. All of New York. Including the Buffalo Bills. Oh, they're not New York. They're not New York. Just immediately going to upset a lot of people right away. But, (laughs) you know, we haven't talked about this, but Pat, Pat's fandom of his teams is just the most odd combination of teams. And I don't know if Pat's willing to to go into that with us because he is not a Jets fan. I don't know really if he's a Mets fan. He kind of has always been all over the place with we this. We don't know much about Pat, period. Lo- you know, he, like other that. than a few one-liners he drops in every now and then too. But Pat, Pat, you're a Long Island kid, right? Yeah, oh, born and raised. All I right, just so what, I, explain the teams. I've so I mean, like for short, I'm I'm a Commanders fan, Washington Commanders fan. Uh, I'm a fan of Mets content. I'm a Nationals fan. Uh, I'm a Caps fan. And uh, what other sport am I missing? That's oh, so, Celtics, uh, and I'm a Celtics fan too. All right. Well, so I'm, I'm didn't really grow up with sports, so I kind of had a rag. Why Washington? I just uh, when I got into football back in like 2012, I just was obsessed with uh, RG3. So I said, whatever team he goes to, I'm just going to be a fan of. And then you, you, uh, he ended up have, in Washington and you have quite an allegiance to Washington at all. Right. So you have the, the, um, the nationals, the nationals. Yes. Well, that, that and was the, the capitals. Thing. Yeah. He's DC and Boston. I wanted to make it on Long only, but only one Boston team. And, and it, that, that one, I'm actually like that one. I don't have like a stupid, like that was like my dad grew up as a Celtics fan. I just, okay. when I finally got into basketball, I found that out. I don't know why I didn't, find out from my dad about his other sports teams. I didn't find out he was a Cowboys fan till like eight years into me being a Washington fan. So I'm like, okay, like that's just, my dad didn't really like my whole family never really got me into sports. So I'm like, all right, I, I guess I'll just kind of choose my own adventures. So I stuck with Washington. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll try to stick with all Washington besides Celtics. And then I started producing a Mets podcast. So now I'm a fan of Mets content and I've, uh, Brian and our friend group back at home are trying to convince me to be Rangers fans. So it's like a very loosely, I'm concrete Celtics commanders. Everything now, outside of that's a little flux. Now, Brian, Brian's a bit of a fraud when it comes to hockey. Yes, correct. When, when somebody, I met- who, somebody who is self-aware that he's a fraud with hockey, though. Okay. Pat's not self-aware that he's a fraud. So who are you rooting for? Who do you got in the playoffs right now? Devils or Rangers? Uh, the Boston Bruins. Yes, yeah, fraud. Fraud. 
this guy was like, you won't, you won't pick a team or you just, you hope they all have fun. Like what, what, what are you doing? Are you asking me who I want to win the devil's Rangers Rangers. series? Yeah. It was pretty self-explanatory. I thought I would like the Rangers to win that series. Okay. So you're, you're picking a side. You're going Rangers in that, in that particular series. I am picking the Rangers. But they're playing the Devils, right? You won't in that particular series. They're going head to head. It's not what you're saying is a bigger picture thing here. You you're choosing the Rangers over the Devils. Yes. Okay. So you're a Rangers like, fan. I actually like the Rangers team. I like all the moves they did. I like the Patrick Kane uh, move. I do. That's the only move you know. The Patrick Kane. No, move. The problem is, and this is, I don't want this to come off in a way, but like. I can't pronounce 90% of hockey players' names just based off of spelling. And if I haven't heard like the pronunciation myself, then it's going to be a fiasco. So I know they also acquired to say they are fun to say, but I know they also acquired like a really talented player from, I believe St. Louis. And I can't tell you. Whoa. I know. I know. I know. I know hockey, the resident hockey fan. Now, we're talking about all these different guys who have got traded to New York, John, and and this is an awful segue. Let's take the ride with me anyway. Well, well hold on. Well, before you say that, you're forgetting one team. I, I have to give him a shout out. How about the New York Knicks, who are one win away from advancing and winning their first playoff series? You want to talk I mean, about a guy who got traded to New York, Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Josh Hart, man, is a stud. I love watching Josh Hart I play. I do, too. I, I the, the Villanova kids, I love them. You know what Josh Hart plays with? What? A lot of passion. Okay. I thought you were trying to segue. I thought I was going to say yeah. Hart. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Oh. Yeah, really. I left you there. Well, we got right. all these guys who got traded to New York. We got all these stars now playing in New York. All our New York teams actually look like they're going to be pretty competent. We don't really have a bad New York team. Right now, I think everybody's going to be a playoff contender or has made the playoffs recently without the Jets, but the Jets are going to be Super Bowl contenders. We'll see in our 2023-2024 season. But I don't know if you saw this, John. GQ released their ranking of the top 10 who is the king of New York sports. This was done by GQ. GQ. GQ felt like this was something that they needed to get their hands in. So so, what is what is the ranking? What is the king? Is this the like number by looks? one? Uh, I honestly, I think it's just. I think they did it off of notoriety. Um, they did not really give a reason for how they came to this list. And honestly, I'm always you know skeptical to stuff like this because I think people put out lists like this for clicks. No, and kidding. maybe maybe they put out this particular list trying to get people all you know, riled, like all riled up and get them involved with it and get people like us talking about it. But you know what? I think it's so outlandish that it got us talking about it. And the number one, you want me to go through the list? Yeah. Who's on the list? So for anyone who has not seen this list, uh, GQ, like we said, we're the ones who came up with the list. SNY uh, also put it out. I think Barstool Baseball. I think John Boy, it's everywhere. So you could find this list pretty easily. Um, but the number one king of New York sports is Jalen Brunson. Number two is Aaron Judge. Number three okay. is, is it Michael? Michael Bridges? Mikhail. 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 Mikhail Bridges. Number four, Saquon Barkley. Number five, Anthony Volpe. Number six, Julius Randle. Number seven, Francisco Lindor. Number eight, Pete Alonzo. Number nine, uh, here's another one that's going to tear me up. Igor, the goalie for the Rangers. Not even going to attempt the last name without knowing that confidently. Shesterkin? Sure, you got that. Yep. You could have said anything, and I was going to tell you that sounds good. Brodor. And and number 10 is Daniel Jones. So, with that being said, this list is terrible. Who do they have one again? Number one is Jalen Brunson. Okay. But one... One, I think this is where this argument has to start, though. What is the most important? And when we're talking king of New York sports, I'm just focused on New York City. And I don't know if you guys agree. I'm thinking king of New York City. Are you really you're giving a disclaimer for Buffalo? Yeah, we we loop them into this too much. They're not New York. They're Canada. All right. I'm sorry. This is an anti-Buffalo podcast. I apologize. Yeah, it is. 
All right. All right. But we're focused on obviously the heart and center of, of New York state, New York city, John. So what sport is most important to New York city? I think it's easily the Knicks. The okay. Knicks. So then are you saying you're comfortable with Jalen Brunson uh, being I, the I number no, one person on this list? No, I'm not just because I mean, Brunson's been great. He's a good player. I really, I, I love Brunson, but I mean, uh, I don't, I can't. Is it right now? Is that what they're saying? Is this the top 10 right now? I, I think for uh, honestly, I think there's a clear number one answer to this list. Who do you have? I think the number one person king of New York sports is Aaron judge. I agree. I think he is just a clear number one after last year. Yeah, no, I I think he's riding number one. You sign a massive contract. You stay with the Yankees. You're this generation's Derek Jeter. You're the star. You're the homegrown kid. You're the MVP. The only thing left that Aaron has to do is win a world series. And he probably will easily do that during his tenure of his last contract. He's the captain of the New York Yankees. It just, it's Aaron judge. And right. Jalen's been terrific. And I will agree with you. I think when everything is going perfect in New York city, New York city probably cares about the Knicks over baseball. They care about oh, the ab- Knicks for hockey um, and football. But so what did the Knicks, Nick, what have the Knicks done? You know, and what is, and Brunson's been great, but what does he really, what does he accomplish? And compared to judge, I mean, it's a baseball town too. I mean, it's a Knicks town first and foremost, which is why, I mean, you know, I always joke, the Nets. I mean, really? The Nets? Yeah, I think the Bridges thing at three was just to kind of stir the pot. Yeah. Who do you have at two? Do you, do you think you go Jalen Brunson at two? Do you feel like you drop him lower? Uh, so here's, all, just think here's, of all the sports and who's the guys you think Here's what I'll tell you, of. though. Here's what I'll tell you. Are we saying right now, right this second, like we're not saying like big picture, we're not doing like Mount Rushmore's or anything. We're saying right now who's the most popular? Like what? what are we... You know, I I think we're going right now. And I guess most popular, I guess. Right. Oh, you know, I'll be honest. It might be Aaron Rodgers then. You're already going to give the new guy number two. Four time MVP, Super Bowl champion, taking over a franchise that's been, you know, playoff starved for what has it been? 12 years now. It's been over 50 years since they've been in a Super Bowl. I mean, it's I I do think there's some validity there to get I behind think, the hype train. I, I think Aaron's on the list. I don't think he's number two. But I, I do want to agree right now, with you. Right now, he's the hot ticket. I do want to agree with you. I just don't. I don't know. I really I would, don't know where we go. How about this? I'm going to say names of players who I think should be on this list. And then okay. we try to, we try to find spots right. for them. Okay. I, I think Pete Alonzo is a hundred percent on this list. Yep. Um, How about, do we think Pete is top five? Yep. Do you think Pete is top three? No. Do we think Pete's four? I think he's five. You think he's five? I think you, he's five. Are there any New York Mets you would put ahead of Pete Alonzo? No. Okay. Is Francisco Lindor on this list? Yes. Is he? You obviously think he's behind Alonzo. He's behind Pete. I can't give you a position yet. Okay. All right. So let's put a pin, but we know we're going to be going back to Lindor. Right. Um, You think Daniel Jones is on this list? Yep. Both quarterbacks are going to be on that list. Pat, you disagree. Pat, if you disagree, you got to get in there. You don't Uh, think Daniel Jones is a top 10 king of New York City? I think out of all the major uh, sports teams, no. It's like what he had one okayish year last year. Got his team to the like playoffs off the back yeah, of a good head coach. Like I just don't think that's really he's, worth. He's the quarterback of the Giants. You know, he's the quarterback of the Giants. It's it's uh it's like saying shortstop for the Yankees. You know, it, just because he's like the biggest, most important position on like a big New York sports team doesn't mean he deserves that spot. I feel like I'd rather value someone else in a lesser important position yeah. who's better at their job than Daniel but, Jones. Is look at the his. season they had last year, too. I mean, you know, you think Saquon Barkley is worth more than Daniel Jones? Pat? Yes. Yes. I would so? say. All right. Do you think Saquon Barkley is a top five king of New York? I I'd probably say like top. Yeah. Mm. Barkley's not even going to play for them this year at this rate. I mean, uh, but my all my thing with this list too is like I know it's like king of New York and I, you guys are raving about like 
Aaron Aaron Rodgers, but it's like, my thing is like, who's been there the longest has been grinding it out the longest as like the king of like, no one's going to fucking judge a king off like a one day reign. So you like think like a Brandon it, Nimmo right. is like a king of New yeah, York? Yeah, like so, someone who's been in the New York system, like on a New York team, grinded it out through the fucking thick and thin. Like that's the true king of like a New York. Someone who's earned like, their pinstripes. Not, not a guy who's still vacationing in Cabo and, and was with, in Wisconsin for the last 15, 18 years. Like wait yeah, till, he, no. lay, till he lands in LaGuardia and then we can start seeing what he's got on the field you're first. You're defining earning your pinstripes is what you're doing. Basically, yeah. yes. Pat, right. Pat wants you to have earned your New York title. I also right. in okay. New York. Can I, I also? I think Aaron Rodgers has already done that. Can I suggest something too? For, if we're gonna put this list together and we can make it maybe slightly different, do we want to include head coaches? Sure. Are there any like? Is there a king of like? I feel like that that's worthy of, or like a GM, or like I feel like we're kind of just constraining to just players on the court, but sometimes the the real king's off the court as well. I, I mean, think GM-wise, I think Joe Douglas Cashman. is a Joe Douglas is a king of yeah, New York. Joe Douglas, and Brian Cashman. Like I'd say Leon Rose on there. A dabble, Dable, is probably up there too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I thought this was going to be something that we were going to be able to accomplish. I don't think this is something that (laughs) we're going to be able. No, because it's a stupid, it's a stupid list. First of all, ten people, King of New York, or no, what the hell is that? I mean, it's a stupid GQ. The one thing that I was bummed out about: no Jets on the list at all. No Jets, and I think Sauce Gardner is probably a top ten. Gardner would have been on there for me. Yep. Rogers and Gardner, I got on there for sure. So, all right. Yeah. Stupid list, but fun way to no, kind of get the juices yeah, flowing. Get you GQ. a little. What do you, what do you expect? You know, trying to get you a little aggravated already, John, because I know you're probably pretty pissed off watching. You know, your Yankees. Why am I? You just got to watch Joey Gallo hit a 432 sure foot home run against your team, and uh, yep. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the vibes in Flushing probably a little bit better than they are in the Bronx right now. And I feel like the Yankee fans are getting a little restless, get a little frustrated. Yeah. And understandably. So, I mean, we're five and five in our last 10. Um, you know, the one thing you were able to hang your hat on up until this point is they hadn't lost the series yet. Right. They had either, they tied the one with Minnesota, which to me, that was the first writing on the wall when you're splitting a series with Minnesota that's never good. Um, then after that, you lose to your division rivals, the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, that's not who you want to be losing the series to. And that, of course, is who hands us our first division loss of the year. You had Vlad Guerrero coming in there and just, you know, acting a fool with no consequences there. You know, trash talking the organization before games. He's And then during the games, he's teeing off. Like it's top golf out there and he's just hitting, you know, bullets out to left. I, I mean, it, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. You're letting this guy do that. Um, the Yankees are in trouble. Okay. And before the season, and you've heard me week after week after week say, you need the starting pitching to just hold it. You need the bullpen to come through big and just get a few innings out of the starters. And you have to win every game. Cole and Cortez pitch, right? And other than when Clay Holmes, this is why I made such a big deal about the Clay Holmes blown save, you know, a few weeks back, is that that was during a Nestor Cortez outing and they had the lead. And right now with the way the starting pitching is, you cannot lose any games that you have Cole and Cortez out there for you. Because let's face it, Herman has been a flip of a coin, right? He For as bad as he looked to start the season, and then suddenly now he's looked pretty sharp. Okay, but still, I don't trust him. I, what Domingo Herman are you going to get? I can't tell you. He's um, a good, good player, an honest player. Sh- shut up, because we'll get he to your, we'll get he to is. your guy. No, we'll I, get, I have no, I have no issues with him. Right, I we'll think to, he, well, everything that he's done is yeah. We'll get to your, we'll good. get to your guy coming up later. Okay, <laughs> um, but you know, you Herman, you don't know what you're getting. But then, listen, listen, Johnny Brito, and um. Clark Schmidt, excuse me. I mean, it, it needs to end, okay? Especially Schmidt. Brito has at least given you some starts that you're like, okay. I mean, he got tattooed in that start against uh, Minnesota. Then he comes out in the series opener against Minnesota at Minnesota. Uh, he didn't look too bad, but then the wheels fell off on him. You know, it pushed his luck a little too far. But Clark Schmidt, 
it's time to pull the plug on the Clark Schmidt experiment. The only problem is, you know, what else do you have? Now you have a Debbie Garcia down in the minors who at this point, after the promising start he had for you in that pandemic 2020 season, if at this point he's not major league ready, then he's just wasting a 40 man spot at this point. So I, I want to see Debbie Garcia. If, if Debbie Garcia cannot, if you feel he's not ready to come to the major leagues and pitch for you, then he's wasting a spot on the roster. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Let's give a flyer to somewhere else. I mean, let for God's sakes, let's see what Mad Bum's got. All right, I let's knew see. you were going to say that. Well, well, we're desperate. We're desperate at this point. But I think what the one thing that our teams do have in common is, is that the rotations right now are both extremely desperate. I mean, the Mets are yeah. having... Um, it's been terrible. Just random people starting for them right now against the Nationals, and it you know it shows they're down five nothing, and you know we don't have Carlos Carrasco. David Peterson now has really that's struggled. That's addition by subtraction with Carrasco. Sure, but David Peterson has now struggled immensely in multiple starts. Tyler McGill started off great. His last couple uh, starts, he has now struggled. You don't have Verlander still, and you know what? You didn't talk about not having Verlander until guys start going down and people start getting shelled. And then you're like, you know, it would be nice to have the guy that we signed this off season for a shit ton of money. Right. And then, you know, we could talk about max. Well, I, I know max, firsthand. Max know getting firsthand. suspended when everybody's fucking injured is really, really inconvenient timing because this is the time yeah. more than ever that you need your starting pitching. Right. They're what, all fucking hurt. What is he realistically missing? One start. He's, He's missing, missing one, start. one start against yeah. probably the nationals. And if it was tonight, right now, the Mets are currently losing five, nothing to the nationals, which is just fucking embarrassing in your return to New York. And that's not on Scherzer. You should be able to, you should be able to beat Washington. You're right. You're right on that. You want to talk about max? I mean, I feel, I don't know if I'm going to be on the defense here or I don't know if we're going to be agreeing. Here's what I'll say. Okay. Everyone's very quick. Everyone's very quick to say, well, how come Domingo Herman suspended, didn't get suspended, and Scherzer got suspended? All right. I think it's a few things. I think for one, you have Phil Cuzzy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's well known. Everyone's seen the stat by now. There's been three pitcher ejections since we've started checking the hands on the field. All three have been done by Phil Cuzzy. Okay. Go back to that clip, that now famous clip of Noah Syndergaard throwing at Chase Utley uh, in 2016 after the, you know, infamous 2015 Wilmer Flores play at second base where he broke his leg. Ruben Tejada. Uh, I'm sorry, Ruben Tejada. Um, that's right. Flores cried after he thought he was traded. Um, Tejada. Weird ricochet, but yeah. Yeah, that was a, it was a weird season for the Mets 2015. But then, you know, that Syndergaard game, we have that hot mic. There's, you know, go on YouTube. You'll find it. There's a, a famous clip of, you know, Terry Collins arguing. And who is it? It's Phil Cuzzy. You know, it, Phil Cuzzy finds himself in the middle of these things quite a bit. Um, I might, certain ums that love the spotlight. I might sound like a broken record. At this point, I've talked about it quite a bit, and I feel like I can't, I really don't try to, but I feel like I can't make it an episode without mentioning an umpire at some point. But I don't know if it's because they feel threatened with talk of um, computerized strike zones around the corner um, with the instant replay added. You know, all these new things that have taken away from umpires. I don't know if they're being threatened now or what, and they're trying to make this about everything about them as much as possible or what. But this season, more than ever, I think umpiring has been the worst I've ever seen. How do you feel? How do you genuinely feel? Because I really, I don't think I've ever seen consistent umpiring as bad as it's been this year. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. I think consistent umpiring is is bad. And then I think the other thing to put on that, there's a lot of plays that are going to New York to be reviewed where I feel like I'm watching the replay and I'm like, this guy's clearly out. This guy's clearly safe or whatever. And then they're coming back. And the, the thing that's being announced like to the fans, to the stands is like different or the call stands on like a clear thing that needed to be like reversed. 
Right. The Mets led the league in calls being overturned last year. And their video guy is like one of the best video guys in the league. And like the Mets are missing out on a lot of early ones where it's like, that was pretty clear as day. So it's not even the umps just on the field. It's also the ones back in New York. It does just feel like a little bit of an ump show early on. And I don't know if you follow this Twitter account and if you don't, you definitely should. It's called ump, uh, ump report card. And I feel like for you, John, you would fucking love this account. No, I've seen it where it shows you like the accuracy of the balls and strikes called. And then it also shows you like how that affected the run differential. And there was one the other day, and I think it was a Rockies game where like the Rockies had like plus two runs advantage based off of the umpiring calls, which is just like absolutely insane. The funny part is I actually think they still lost that game, but the fact that that happened in a game where the umpiring is that inconsistent is, um, you know, is something to you just know, be embarrassed about of, of major league baseball. But I do want, I do want to talk about max. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you I, know, I didn't finish that. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I just feel like everybody likes to make fun of the Yankees and we can agree on that. If the Yankees yeah. are doing something that you could point and say they're cheating everyone in baseball and every single fan base is yep. going to unite and point they're, the finger. They have a spotlight like the Dallas Cowboys and the Mets are a team where it's fun to make fun of them. That's always sure. been kind of like the Mets thing where it's haha, LOL Mets, very similar to our New York jets that we share. And this was an opportunity for major league baseball to point at the Yankees and say the haha, they were cheating. And then a week later, everyone got to point at the the Mets and just kind of laugh at them for what happened. And you know, both situations sound pretty similar and I'm not going to sit here and, and call Max Scherzer a cheater. And I don't think that you think that Max Scherzer is a cheater and has been doing anything wrong. I think, well, I'll give you a sec, but let me finish that. He used rosin and sweat just like everybody else. And no. this is where, this is where I'll put my little thing on. If a major league official told max to wash his hands with alcohol mm -hmm. and the reason they would tell him that is because regular soap and water does not get rosin off and that's true so like hey wash your hands with alcohol and then he reapplied the rosin and we saw i don't know if you saw that uh demonstration done by your boy mr yeah, david cone yeah, david yeah. cone you know where... i was i was gonna do that on the show this week but the with alcohol Cody, clearly Cody beat me to it the alcohol clearly made his hands way yeah. stickier with the rosin involved. So if a major league official told him, wash your hands with alcohol, he did that. Then he went upstairs and reapplied just rosin. And the combination with that, with the alcohol made his hands ex excessively sticky. Then, you know, that's, I, I don't think that's Max's Max didn't do anything wrong. In my opinion, he just listened to what he was told, but obviously like they can't have people do that if it's going to make their hands significantly stickier. So I think he's like the penalty of that happening. We're also though, like we go back to the umpire part of it where I, I think that's just an ump trying to flex that, Hey, I think your hands are a little sticky because when it was sweat and rosin, right. it probably wasn't that sticky. The ump probably just felt him. It was like, ah, I don't really like this. And then when he put the alcohol with the rosin, and they became like that sticky pad that we saw with Cone. You know, obviously they're gonna be like his hands were even stickier. It was like, yeah, because he was just following what you guys fucking told him. So like, yeah, I don't know. People just got to get their shit together on it. It's it. I'm I'm fine with him serving the ten games. I'm not gonna sit here and bitch about that. His hands were stickier based off of it. So I get you have to penalize him. I get you have to kick him out. I honestly still think that your guy probably should have been kicked out too. If you're questioning it enough where you need to like tell him, talk to him multiple innings and wash his hands and all this shit. If that's what the rule is, you got to throw these guys out or unless you got to be clear on it, like being like rosin and sweats allowed, like there's going to be a, like a base level of stickiness and like, how the fuck do you find the base level of, okay, that hand is like the base right. amount of stickiness that we're okay with. And then like that hand was a little too sticky. Like the, the line on that is so stupid. And I feel like unless it's obvious that someone's using something that's really fucking bad, then just leave them alone and let the game fucking go. So um, here's the thing, right? Uh, and this is my thought on this. My thought, Major League Baseball's got a big problem, okay? And this whole new notion now that's coming out saying that, you know, using rosin in between innings is not okay. And uh, too much rosin is not a problem. Nope. 
no, that's where I'm going to stop you right there. No, um, a substance is legal. And if it's legal, it's legal. And if you have no way of benchmarking what is a legal amount, then you don't have a case. This is just like, you know, back in the day, we talked about the George Brett pine tar game with, you know, how much pine tar are you legally allowed to have on your bat? No more than home plates worth. That's why they measured it at home plate. They called them out and that historic clip came. But they at least had a way to measure it. They eventually realized that was ridiculous and they did away with that rule. But I feel like this is history repeating itself once again with this ridiculous now saying you can't have too much rosin. Well, you know, listen, you admit as a league, the team admits, the hitters admit, I mean, everyone is on the same page that they want pitchers to use something so they have a better grip on the baseball. And that's just from a plain safety standpoint. All right. Players don't want to get hit. These guys are throwing 100 on average these days. Nobody wants to have a loose ball in the months of April and May when it's freezing out, or October even, you know, come in and hit them. And I don't blame them. You see people, look at Jose Altuve. You know, he starts the year on the injured list because he gets hit in the hand with a pitcher in the World Baseball Classic. You don't. You don't want to be getting hit. You need to have some kind of substance that these pitchers can have control on the ball. Now, rosin is that substance, right? It's it's a great starting point. And now you have pitchers using this rosin to try to, you know, better their grip. And then you're going to start nitpicking, saying how much you can use. I mean, here's the thing. We all saw the clip of these guys, their hands. You know, it didn't look like they were playing with, you know, chalk sticks by any means. They, they looked like normal hands. So what's too much rosin? What's too much? There's no me- way to measure it. So you either got to say rosin's legal or it's not legal. And then cut this in between crap because it, it's, it's making a joke out of it. Now, here's the thing about Scherzer. I got two problems with Scherzer. One, I, 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 with him, I genuinely don't know if I believe that maybe alcohol wasn't always in play throughout this whole thing. Okay. Now, the, the umpires said that it was certainly the tackiest they had ever felt. They didn't say, you know, after the fact, they just said it was the tackiest they ever felt. Um, maybe he was using alcohol and maybe part of his story was, you know, uh, they made me rinse off with alcohol and he knew that. And that's why he was using this stuff, right? These guys aren't dumb. I mean, look, just look at what their regiments were when they were using PE, well, they still are, but, you know, guys who've gotten caught with PEDs, how detailed they were with the regiment of taking it and then taking their masking agents to hide this thing. So don't tell me for one second, someone doesn't know that Major League Baseball is going to request you to clean something with alcohol. And they also know that, hey, rosin and alcohol is going to make for a great substance. I don't believe that that maybe these guys don't know that and they they were using that and maybe that was what Max was using. I don't know. Uh, personally, I don't believe that it was just rosin with Max, just based off of how the umpires reacted. Um, there, there seemed to be something a little bit off there. Now, I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I'll leave it at that and I'll leave it for you to interpret. But I had one problem with one thing Max did. Do you know what that was? No. He swore on his kid's life. And that's, but that's why I, I, I don't like that move. Yeah, no, I don't like that period. I don't care if you're clean or not. Don't do that. I, I don't like the move to do no. that, but I think that move is like. It, but it makes you seem more guilty than you even are. I don't know about you. I, I didn't like the move. I, I, I'm a complete agreement with you that I, I hated that he said that. I, I didn't, I was not a fan of that, but I think I took that as somebody that was like, back against the wall and everybody can interpret this differently. Like you interpret that as like Uber guilty. And I interpreted that as like super desperate for people to just know the truth, because I think also you got to remember like Max is going to be a surefire first ballot hall of famer, regardless of this whole situation. This is, this is not going to prevent a 10 game suspension for rosin or whatever the fuck what's going on. It's not going to prevent him from getting into the hall of fame first ballot. Right. So he doesn't want anything that can tarnish his insane career. And I think he felt not just like being defensive of the moment, but also being defensive of everything that he's done over the last like decade and a half 
of like, I did this clean and I don't want people to, to put this around me or to assume that I cheated or anything. I, I don't think because we could be out here and then saying that Max Scherzer has been doing this his whole career because they're saying his spin rates from the other night match basically very similar to what he's had his whole career. Mm-hmm. So has Max been doing this forever undetected and that's how he's got a competitive edge. Like, are we going that crazy down the rabbit hole here? Or are we thinking that this is something new that he's trying, but then that wouldn't go with the spin rate thing for me. I'm not just doing this cause I'm a Mets guy. I do see why people think that it comes off extremely guilty. I do understand that, you know, no one else has gotten a suspension. He got a suspension. It's very easy to look at that and think there's more to it. I'm choosing to believe that he is clean just based off of the career, how he holds himself, how he's always talked about this stuff in interviews and man, it would be just the most hypocritical thing ever. Yeah, And I'm not really standing here to defend a lifelong New York Met by any means. This is not that at all. This is a guy who's kind of wrapping up his career here. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think he's clean. But, I mean, we could talk about this topic forever. There's a lot of good with the Mets that I kind of want to talk into. You kind of talked about your Yankees a little bit, John, and and some of the negatives going on. And, you know, the Mets, just like we said earlier at the top of the show, that the Mets went 7-3 and on the road. Couple things obviously that happened with the Max Scherzer thing was a huge thing. Uh, Pete Alonso is just having an absolute incredible start though to his 2023 campaign, where he already has 10 home runs, over 23 RBIs, and um, you know he's hitting for average and he's not swinging at just like that nonsense. Um, it's funny as we record this, he's in like the first like cold spout of his 2023 season where he's 0 for 10, but other than that 0 for 10 that he's had so far late, he's been absolutely incredible where you're considering Pete Alonzo and obviously it's fucking April, but you're thinking that if Pete Alonzo is the type of player that can somehow hit 280 or higher and put up those home runs and those RBIs, like not saying he will win an MVP, but he will be in the MVP discussion, especially right, if the right. New York Mets do well, but Pete Alonzo's hot start is doing something that happens on a lot of teams and the players on fire. Um, it overshadows other good players like having a nice start and Brandon Nimmo has just had a terrific start to his 2023 year. Francisco Lindor has also been very solid defensively and offensively driving in a lot of runs. It's not coming for average yet for Lindor, but the big moments he's every time there's men on base, Lindor is coming through. So, you know, there's a lot of positive. The Mets are starting to call up that young wave. We see Brett Beatty up here now who's starting to get the hang of it, starting to get a couple hits, starting to drive in some runs. Francisco Alvarez finally got his first big hit. I mean, you can't judge these top blue chip prospects off of 25 at-bats. You got to let these guys get a nice little sample size and get settled. And, you know, it seems like Francisco Alvarez and Brett are starting to get themselves acclimated. And, you know, the Mets are just doing more to get those young guys eventually here. They finally, finally move Ronnie Mercurio to second base in AAA, trying to get him other positions to eventually probably get him up to this team. You also have Viento. So there's a lot of young people. We talk about these guys all the time on this show, but they're starting to pop up every week. I feel like we got a different one that's here that we're talking about or something new that's coming. And you know, the Mets are doing okay after they probably lose this game to the Nationals. They're going to be 14 and 10. The Braves are doing about the same right now. We're hanging out with the Braves and obviously you don't look at the standings yet, but we don't have Scherzer right now for 10 games. We don't have Verlander yet. The rotation has been decimated. The bullpen is kind of stringed together, but they're doing okay work. And the Mets are okay. They're not great. They're not setting the world on fire, but the Mets are in an okay spot where you're, if you're a Mets fan, you're not feeling fantastic, but you're not feeling bad. You look at your team every night. You still got a chance to win every night. And you know, it's, it's okay. And I I don't, I don't know if that's like the best answer to give Mets fans is that right now everything is okay, but it's April and it's okay. And I, and I, we're used to setting the world on fire in April and maybe that this is a better take. Maybe this is a better place to be where you kind of are a little banged up early. You're stringing it together. You still look competitive. They just did their first out of their like first couple games. John, I don't know if you know this, like 17 of their first 23 games were on the road. 
and they have a substantial amount more at City Field for the rest of the season than they do um, on the road, which, I mean, if we're going to do all that shit now, go fucking out West now. You know what I mean? Go out West in fucking April. And, yeah. I mean, taking seven to three is great, but even if they had a shitty West Coast trip, fucking get that over the first two weeks well, of the I've season. I've always been a proponent. Get the West Coast trip out of the way. I hate going yeah. West. Yeah. I always dread the West Coast yeah. trips. It doesn't matter who we play. I know we played fucking Oakland, the Dodgers, and the Giants, and, like, obviously, like, there's different feeling to that you want to talk about a team that's going down the shitter fucking Oakland A's are just getting touchdowns scored on them every night well, I'll tell you what seven and Vegas three. A's seven and three on a full west coast trip that's not bad no uh, I mean bad. also the Vegas A's John the Vegas A's it's official we talked, we talked, we about talked it. it we talked yep. it a week early I told you did we Vegas have the inside A's. take we might have I mean Vegas A's coming at, now here's where it gets interesting right they got another year on the lease at Oakland where does it go? Do they play? I mean, do they try to negotiate to get out of that lease? Do they, does Oakland? No, I think they're out? staying. I think they finished their lease in Oakland. It's not fair for them to be like, we're out of here this year. You got to give the Oakland fans like a full season to enjoy their last like year with the team. Yeah. I, I think they're playing in Oakland next year. I think that'd be really shitty business on the A's. But, to but here's the thing too. Town. It, it's, you know, historically very bad on the franchise when you're playing lame duck seasons in the city, you know, before you're on your way out. I mean, That's fair. That's the Raiders, fair. the Raiders did it. The Raiders did do it. Um, But I mean, it's we're saying how bad it is in Oakland now. I mean, listen, this team, the, the, if they're not going to spend anything until they move to Vegas. OK, they're they're building a team. Uh, they're building a stadium, rather. Um, and then once they open that stadium, what do teams do historically? They spend huge in off-seasons when they're moving into a new stadium. Now, they're not only moving to a new stadium, they're moving to a new city. All right? So they're going to want to spend a lot in that off-season, you know, before they get into Vegas, whenever that will be. We'll find yeah, out I mean, more. You, you can't show up into Vegas with that, that roster. No, you know and I they mean? won't. And they won't. And they'll show up with a couple shiny new toys. They'll go but, out and get somebody. But they're not going to spend, you know, until they have to. They've shown that. I mean, look at the, what they're putting out there now. What makes you think that it's not going to get worse? It could. Yeah, it will. You, you want to know? I, I feel like, can we give a couple teams some flowers here? All right. Why not? Pittsburgh Pirates. I would love to yeah. give them just a, a big basket of flowers, John. I, I like Pittsburgh. Huh? Pittsburgh been, Pirates. Yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates are fun, man. They got my boy Kutch. You're, I love your boy. You love McCutcheon, big McCutcheon guy. Former Yankee. Yeah, I think he's a former pirate, but yeah. Well, I mean, he's former a current, Yankee. He's a current pirate. Current pirate, why, yeah. but like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of teams that are fun. Like, I think the Orioles are fun. I think the Cubs. I think the Diamondbacks. I think the Pirates. I think all those teams are kind of fun to see if they can do this for the full year. Um. Can I, I think, do, can I pause you real quick? You I'm don't tired, like one of those teams. I, no, I'm tired of watching Joey Gallo throat fuck the Yankees every night now. Oh, I, uh, I just, right. I just, I, I'm just, I'm had Did enough. something happen as we're talking? Yeah. You know, he, it was a simple, the guy, he hits a bloop, a bloop double, bloop. a bloop double over the shortstop in between shortstop and the third baseman in between left field. Like, where the hell was that last year? Where was that last year? Do you, how do you feel about the take? And I, I'm impartial to this because I'm, I'm not involved. But there's like a strong sense out there that Joey Gallo did not do well because Yankee fans were mean to him. Where, where, I, where do you think that is? Obviously, I think like mental health is, is legit. And like I, if like no. people are consistently after you, it's got to fuck with you. I, get, I, used, <laughs> I gave Gallo a lot of credit. Okay. Um, for what he went through and he was someone who showed he was trying, right. He, he, he cared. He, I mean, heck he liked the Yankees, you know, he was a Yankee fan. He's on the Yankees. You know, it, it, this is again, one of those stories. There's supposed to be feel good moments. And he came and he absolutely crapped the bed. I mean, absolutely crapped the bed. And 
I, I always wondered, you know, did the booze really bother him? How much did these bother these guys? But my, I, I officially, my mind was made up over two things. One, when the Twins went to Yankee Stadium, Joey Gallo, from his day-to-day injury, suddenly needed a rehab assignment down in AAA. Goes down to AAA and avoids the series at Yankee Stadium. A little fishy, right? Then yesterday, Yankees come into town to Minnesota. Gallo's playing, right? He's he's suddenly okay. The miracle. Less than a week later, he's up. And what does he do before the first game? He did not make himself available to the media. You can't do that, Joey. Come on. Come on. Especially after you dodged the series at Yankee Stadium to go do your little rehab assignment. The first game of the series, you don't make yourself available to speak to the media. You know, that that sealed the deal for me. Yep. He he cannot. Listen, there's some people who can't handle the pressure of New York City. Now, that's not to say it's an anxiety thing. I know you touched on that. I just think there's some people who can't handle pressure. That's that's them. That's their makeup in life. And it may or may not be anxiety related. I don't know. Okay, but like, let's say he can't handle the pressure. He and can't. He's, and he's aware of that. He cannot. So he knows that doing that, doing that media thing before the game is going to fuck look. with him. Bad I, I, I think, but what if he knows that's going to fuck with my head if I do that and talk to them about this time? And like, if he's willing to be like, you know what? I'd rather have a bad look or bad reputation than actually fuck with my own mental psyche when I'm in a good spot. I feel like you got to make that trade. I feel like I'm all right with that. Obviously, oh, but like, then, I'm the then same, maybe, then maybe but, that's the case, but listen, he nor, just, he how just you feel about us. Joey Gallo in this situation. I feel like it's very similar how Mets felt about Syndergaard. Cause it always felt like Syndergaard was dodging us. Yep. Like there was like two different starts where and you he finally got him this week. And we finally got him and we beat him. And, and that was we, the Scherzer game, which was extra sweet. I mean, yeah, because we, come on. it looked like everything was going against the Mets. And then out of nowhere, you get a clutch, clutch hit and you take the lead. But yeah, it just always felt like Noah was dodging us. And like yep. Noah said he wanted to be a Met and anything he could do to stay a Met and all that stuff. Mets offer him $18 million after he hadn't pitched in a single year. And he leaves the Mets flat and broke and goes for one year, $21 million. He'll be an angel where he's non-existent. And uh, that did not sit well with a lot of Met fans. And Noah kept dodging us and dodging the media, dodging everything and trying to, you know, be a good guy about it. But everyone turned the tune really quick to like, no, fuck this guy. And obviously different. Noah had success with the Mets, was a really good player for us for a while. Um, I think that was more feeling betrayed by how, lousy he left us while you guys just didn't get any production and he just wants to leave that chapter behind it felt like noah wanted to leave the met chapter behind but i can understand gallo wanting to leave the yankee side behind more than noah but it's a similar like feeling of like you're just trying to act like this time didn't happen when all of us fucking remember it happened and it fucking sucked well i mean that's i guess that's part of the downfalls of being famous and with that, you know, being a professional ball player comes great fortune. But I mean, think about it. things that make us uneasy, uneasy in life. We have a tendency to block out from our memory or act like they didn't happen. We can do that. Um, but when everything in your life is in front of the public and on display like that, you know, it's a little bit different. There's nothing you can just kind of put behind you, especially you're talking about New York media. You know, they'll always be there. But, I, you know, my point isn't to rag on Gallo. And um, I think he should have met the media. I think he owes that um, with his past. But he, he just proved that, hey, he was never cut to be in New York. And he can't play in a big market. You know someone who is cut Playing to be simple. in New York? Who? Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Oh, another Aaron. Another Close. Aaron. Aaron Rodgers is. You're, Aaron Hicks. I don't you, know. Let me tell you something about Aaron Hicks. You know, I don't know if you're trying to get in a, you know, a reaction out of it here. I just know you love Aaron Hicks. And I, I was watching a little Yankees baseball the other day, which isn't really common for me. And his I'm ass not, is one cheek out the door right now. And I love, I him. watch that bunt 
And I just, I feel like I heard everybody in the Bronx groan or yell. uh, Right, because he's useless. All the way from here, because I just know the tone of how Yankee fans feel about it. Absolutely useless. And just to have that happen, I thought it was very funny. Um, So I knew that would get a reaction. Here's the thing. Now, uh, before Hicks specifically, you know, the Yankees' offense is a problem. It's a big problem. And I realize you got some injuries. You got Bader out still. Bader, we're looking at about May 5th. That's the news as of today. It's the most current news. We're looking at Bader coming back against the I like series. Bader. Too. Oh, I love Bader. Um, we're looking at him coming back against the Rays Bader, in Tampa. I hardly know her. Questionable move. I'm just going to ignore that. Sorry. We're going to questionable move coming back in a series in St. Pete on the turf, but that's what we're looking at. Uh, Cinco de Mayo return for Harrison Bader. That will be big. That will be big. Now, listen, Yankee fans, you know, I too, you know, after last postseason, we're a little high on Harrison Bader. He's not going to be the guy he was in the postseason, right? That was, now I realize his sample size was very limited last year. So what we saw of Harrison Bader was mostly the postseason. And that's what stands out the most. He had a historic postseason. He's not that kind of guy, okay? He's a very good guy, solid. You saw the fielding, um, but he's still going to hit. Um, not, though, to the level he did there. But I don't need him to. And I, he's not a pop guy. He had a lot of pop in the postseason, but he doesn't need to be. And the Yankees don't need that right now. But that will help. Um, outside of that, though, I think the glaring thing is left field, all right? Um, so far to this point, Cabrera has been good, but I can't call him an everyday left fielder, especially when you look at the roster and the way it's constructed currently. I think Oswaldo Cabrera um, would be a great starter on some teams. I don't think he fits that projection right now with the Yankees. I think he fits more as a utility guy. Um, You need to bring in someone that, was like an Andrew Benatendi. I mean, for what it's worth, you need to have a get someone with a high average, bring him in here. The lineup needs more of that. You're just getting zero production out of that lineup. Now here's back to Aaron Hicks, right? Aaron Hicks has shown me one thing. Um, As I said, he's got, you know, one foot out the door. Uh, The way they're playing him right now shows that, it's only a matter of time until he's no longer with this team. I don't believe he will make it the whole season. Um, we will be celebrating in the streets soon enough once that day comes where we see that he has been DFA'd. And that's what's going to happen. He's going to get DFA'd. Uh, if it wasn't for the Stanton injury, I think he would have been DFA'd on May 5th when Bader comes back. Do you I- think he's going to be the type of guy, though, who like catches on with another team? And does like incredibly well. No, I think he'll do well. I think if he went, finds himself in a, you know, a, a smaller market like Kansas City, or um, yeah, here's the thing: his ego is too big at the moment. And now maybe once he does get DFA'd by the Yankees, maybe the ego will calm down a little bit, and he'll accept utility roles with other teams. You know, I you can see that maybe with like a San Diego, I can see him being productive. Um. But no, I I think he'll he'll do a little bit better because I think the weight he's carrying right now um, is immense. Uh, but that's no fault but his own for the production he's given this team. His time is done. Um, the Yankees have showed you with the amount of time he's been playing. They've given up on him. Like I said, if it wasn't for Stanton getting hurt, which again screws us once more in new ways that we thought possible. Um, I don't think Hicks would have made it past Cinco de Mayo. We'll see now. I still don't think it's long after, but we'll see. And the Yankees, the real takeaway is the Yankees need to be in the market to bring in someone of a high average. They, they, they don't need a pop guy. No one, no home run guys at this point, because that's the problem. It's too much feast or famine. You need someone who hits for average. Like you, you want to go into something sweet here, John? Because I'd like to say something sweet. Sure, let's go. All right. I saw this incredible stat, and I think it's uh, I think it's something sweet. It compliments the Yankees. You ready? Oh, now let's go. Oh wait, hold on. Can I guess the stat? Uh, yeah, you're not going to, but take a shot. 
The Yankees injured list currently has a payroll of $117 million, which is more than the 26-man roster of 13 major league teams. No, but I I really like that stat. But that, right. that doesn't fit something sweet, John. We're supposed to say something okay. nice about the other team. You, well, you don't ever use this platform for something sweet, Brian. I'm 50-50. I do. I'm a man of my word, all right? I'm 50 I'm a man of the people. I'm half sweet. Yeah. I'm like a Sour Patch Kid. I hold up my end of the bargain. Let's just All right, it we'll out. find out after today if this is sweet. All right, let's go. Uh, there are only three teams in Major League history to not sign a player to a $100 million contract. The Yankees are not one of those teams. Something sweet. Yankees are spending money. Good for them. Oh. I didn't know a way to get this stat into the podcast naturally. So this was me God. using that to get that. Do you know what the three teams who have never given out a hundred million dollar contract are? Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Incorrect. They gave oh. Wander Franco a oh, billion Wander. dollars. That's Wander Franco. That's right. All right. Hold on. Let me, let me think. Three, uh, three teams who have never given out a contract of a hundred million more. They are all one, American I'm league sure. teams. 100. So it's not Seattle. Um, it's it's not Anaheim. Anaheim gives out crazy contracts. Yeah. Pat, you want to uh, guess? Houston. Guess the team, Pat. Houston. Uh, Houston has given out a contract that large. Okay. Kansas City. Kansas City is one of them. Baltimore. Oh, Chris Davis. That's right. Yeah. Toronto has uh, the Rays have, Yankees have. Uh, Cleveland, maybe. Chicago, the White Sox definitely have. Yeah, let's say Cleveland. Um, Is Cleveland a guess? Yeah, I say Cleveland. Cleveland is incorrect. Really? Wow. All right. I really thought you I thought you were gonna guess these. I, I thought I thought Pat was gonna have a guess here. I thought Pat was really, really gonna have a guess here. No. But Pat's not checking his phone and I, I texted my, Pat all the answers to this. And I was trying to get phone, Pat to say the answers. My phone's charging the other room. It died. I really wanted what, Pat what to have a moment weird, of intelligence. What is this weird protection you have yeah. over Pat? Last I, year you're getting last week you're getting on me about you know the rosin thing. This week you're texting him answer. You want to take him on a date or something? Jeez. I don't want him to look bad to our listeners. So I tried to give him the answers to this this question. It's the White Sox, the Oakland A's, and the Kansas City Royals. Oh, I was gonna say oh, that either Oakland. way. So. Well, how the hell did I not say Oakland? I don't know. But that was bad. Yeah, but the Yankees are not one of those teams, John. They've given out a hundred million dollar contracts. So that's, oh, good. that's good on them. That's good. Yeah. Congrats. It's all in the IR, but it's it's good. <laughs> Yeah, IL. Ah, oh, damn! I gotta put a dollar in the jar. No, you didn't say. You didn't say the dirty word. That's with the D. DL. DL. Ooh. Watch out! All right. So here's my something sweet for you, because as usual, I actually take this serious, and I'm a good guy. And uh, you know, I say something sweet. Um, how about Brandon Nemo? Yeah. I mean, the, this guy's been great. Uh, batting three forty six, thirteen ribbies. He's got three stolen bases for what it's worth, and he's played some great defense, including a, a, did you see his catch um, in San Francisco? I think yep. it was the, the Scherzer game up against the wall there. I mean, this is that's what you want out of a guy. Just signs a big contract. You know, he could have taken it easy. And how often do the Mets get burnt on that? Sign yeah. a guy to a deal. They come out there, and they're a completely different player, and they're immediately regretting it. Nimmo's looked everything and more. So, hey. Hats off to the Mets and Brandon Nimmo. Nimmo has been a man of every dollar. He's given you everything he's worth. You love it. That's what you want. Yeah, he did did not play in the World Baseball Classic because he said he wanted to focus on... I love that. I love that decision. He's like, I signed this massive contract with the Mets. I'm focused on being here. I'm focused on, you know, winning a championship. Aaron Judge said the same thing. Signed the big deal and said, I'm focused on this team. Not going out to play there. And, uh... You know, I I think people forget Brandon Nimmo sucked at center field 
like three years ago. Yeah, like, no, he was he, a liability. He was a liability in center field. And now if he got rid of Mike Trout, I'm not going to say Judge is a center fielder. I know he no. plays there from time to time. Right. But if you got rid of Mike Trout, Brendan Nimbo is probably top three center fielder in Major League Baseball. Kevin Kiermeyer is one of the best defensive center fielders. Yeah, Kiermeyer's great. But he, I mean, he just gets hurt all the time. But like a Nimmo puts together a full season defensively like he's doing, he might actually have a shot at a gold glove, which is crazy yeah. to think about uh, for how far he's come. And I mean, like credit to him, credit to all the work he's done defensively, offensively. But I love Nimmo. Um, somebody asked me, and I kind of will wrap up on this. You could take us into, uh, you know, a look ahead right after this, John. But who's the future captain of the New York Mets if the Mets had to pick a captain? And uh, I think people think, you know, they re-sign Alonzo. Alonzo feels like a guy that if he's there long-term, you give the captain badge to. But for me, I actually think it's Nimmo. Nimmo drafted by them, been there forever, signs a seven, eight-year deal with them to be there long-term. Ultimate hustle guy, absolutely beloved. And I think people look for those sexy stats to be like, that's our captain, that's everything. But like... Over Alonzo, you think? Brandon's, I don't, I, I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes down to it, I feel like Pete will probably be the captain of the yeah. Mets if he resigns. I, so do I. But I really do believe that Nimmo is more of a heartbeat to the Mets than Alonzo is. And, and that's I, in, okay. You can have those multiple guys. You know, what's, you know what's funny? In hockey, if this was hockey, Brandon Nimmo is the captain of the Mets. Mm-hmm. If it's baseball, it's Pete Alonzo. Well, you know, listen, going back, you know, to use a Yankee comparison here, you know, going back to Jeter as the captain, there's a lot of times Jorge Posada, you know, acted as that captain more so than, you know, Derek. And you you see a lot of players echo that statement. Um, now, Derek is the face of the Yankees, by all means. Jorge Posada was nowhere close to that. But when push came to shove, Posada could lead those guys in the clubhouse. And I think that's similar to what you're saying when it comes to Pete and um, Brandon as far as, that captaincy. But, you know, the Mets are back home at City Field. They just got their ass kicked in the home opener against the Nationals. Is that final yet? That what is final. Got? Mets officially dropped this one. Well, um, if it makes you feel any better. They looked ugly. Yankees are losing 6-2 against the Twins currently in the bottom, the eighth. They were all tied up. Nestor, This is a Nestor Cortez game. What did I say? You got to win every game, Cortez and Cole Pitch. Um, they're well on their way to losing this one. You had Cortez in a tied game. They, I mean, they gave Cortez a one nothing lead early. He ended up giving that right back. It was a 2-1 Minnesota lead after, uh, you know, it was 2 or 3. Uh, Cortez lets up another run, ties it up at 2-2, then lets up a solo shot, makes it 3-2, and then a three-run shot led up by the bullpen after that. And it's 6-2 Minnesota as now we head to the top of the ninth. So the only, Yankee, Yankees on their way. The good thing about the Mets for tonight is that they got rid of that awful patch on their yeah, jerseys they did and much put out a, a nice little blue and orange uh, much, rectangle much better. you know what hot take i think that they intentionally put the shitty one out there first to then have you know, this one in the chamber all along know. because no met fan wants this patch to begin with but now you every know. met fan is good with the second one because of how awful the first one was and steve cohen doesn't seem like the type of guy that gets gets that first one on there. Like that I'll first t- patch uh, doesn't make it on a Jersey. If Steve Cohen's in Brown, unless he's like, put it on there for a week. I'm going to say it sucks. And then we'll put this one on. I'll tell you what I haven't thought of that. Now, is that a common, is that you, your thought? Is that a common thing going around no, the community? I, 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 I haven't seen it like around, but that's All like right. my first opinion of it. When I saw how good the new one looked, you, and, you may and have how something. It looked good and how quick they had it done. Like, granted, I know it's not a complicated design, but like right. it's done. It's already on the jersey by the next homestand. It was like, hey, no one wants a patch on the Mets jerseys because a lot of teams don't have patches and Mets fans don't want them if we can avoid it. So the fact that they put it on and then it was horrendous. Everybody fucking hated it. And then they're like, hey, we're going to make this look more like the Mets. Now, or did they say, did they sit down at a table and say, hey, we want, you know, we're good with the sponsorship. When can we get it on? And then Cohen says, oh, well, you know, for whoever's in that room, it's not Cohen saying, hey, we could probably with production, we'll have this. This is the design. And that's the design that we saw today. And it would be, you know, a month. Well, New York Presbyterian says, well, no, we don't want to miss a month of the season. We want it now. 
And maybe those are friggin' patches coming off scrubs. That's what maybe. it kind of looks like. Yeah, they look like scrubs. Maybe they came in and said, here's 30 of our patches that we, you know, put on scrubs or jackets. And they said, okay. And they came up with this crazy idea that you're saying. And they concocted this whole thing. Well, we'll put these on. These are atrocious. And then Steve will come out and say, we need to work on something better. And then everyone will be happy with this. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if that's what they did, it's genius. If that really is what they did, that's smart. And I'm kind of, you know, that would have been good for the Yankees to do too. Cause I think coming up, putting something on the pinstripes is going to be a huge deal. Yeah. But also, Hey, something to look out for Mets were 14 and nine with that old patch. Owen one with the new one, something, oh. to, something to keep an eye on. Haven't won with them yet. Oh, uh, well, it could be worse. You could be the Yankees. All right. Now listen, the Mets, even though they drop one to Washington today, um, you know, they still got two more for a three game set. After that, they welcome the Atlanta Braves to town for a weekend set. Um, four o'clock. That's going to be a game of the week on Saturday against Atlanta. It's actually a wraparound series, which you hardly see these days. They have Atlanta again with a day game on Monday at one for hitting the road to Detroit. Now Yankees, they're in Minnesota for a three game set with the twins. They're well on their way to losing this series against Minnesota after that, they travel to Texas for a four-game set. Um, and then after that, they stay on the road. Um, I'm sorry, they actually come home um, against Cleveland, and they'll open up a three-game series and close out their season series with the Guardians, uh, May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Brian, you got anything else for us this week before we say goodbye? No, I think, you know, feeling good. Mets, Jets, Knicks. Let's go Jets. Let's go Knicks. And hey, Bruins. Let's go Devils. That's an unpopular one. I realize that. But hey, I'm I'm a Jersey kid. That's saying capitals, so. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, at some point during this podcast, we'll figure out, not this one, but, you know, we'll figure out what that's all about. All right, everyone. We thank you for joining us once again for another st- episode of Station to Station podcast. For Brian Sarnelli, I've been John Persapio. Special thanks, Pat Lavin on the board, or producer Pat, as always. Thanks for stopping by. We'll see you next week on Station to Station. Take care, everyone.